0: Good morning. Today's Bible reading is from Ephesians 1, verses 1 to 14. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ,
1: Well, Fig Tree Anglican Church, good morning. Gee, it is a blessing to be here with you. Firstly, as your new senior minister, thanks be to God. (laughs) All glory to him. Secondly, to have the privilege of sharing God's word with you this morning. And thirdly, for uh, the fact that we together can pray to our Father in heaven, who has loved us unimaginably. So I wonder if you'd join me in prayer as we come to the Word of God. Let's pray together. Our Father God, we thank you for the blessing of fellowship. Thank you so much for gathering us together as your people. You are the one who has gathered us, both here in person and online, on live stream. Thank you, Father, that we can meet at your throne of grace. We praise you for your Word, Father God which you have preserved for us, that we can share together to nourish us on which we feast. That this word is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, discerning the meditations of the mind and the affections of the heart as a sword divides bone and marrow, so that everything is laid bare before you, the one to whom we will give account. Thank you, Father, that this is the safest place in the world. We pray, Father God, that you would enable us today to think and say and do things that are in accordance with your good, pleasing and perfect will. And we pray these things in the power of your Spirit, who is our teacher, and in the name of your Son, who is our Saviour and Messiah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to today be looking at the garment of grace, Over the past five weeks, we have been considering those five festal garments. And Dr. Barry Webb, in his commentary of the same name, uh, helps us to see a little more clearly about why he chose to call these festal books garments. He takes us back to the story of Joseph. You remember Joseph Joseph? He was the favored son of Jacob. He received this wonderful garment, a special gift that provoked jealousy in his brothers, such that his brothers ended up selling him off into slavery. Uh, He was impoverished, imprisoned, and yet, according to God's purpose, was raised up to be effectively the boss in Egypt. In a time of famine, his brothers returned to Egypt, and Joseph welcomed them with a spirit of forgiveness and grace, such that, in the end, he furnished each of his brothers with a garment. And then he chose Benjamin, his favourite brother. And how many garments did he give Benjamin? Five. Five garments. And there's a word that describes that sort of situation with siblings, isn't it? Awkward. (laughs) Like, yeah. Five And Barry, in his commentary, says, these garments these festal garments, these wonderful five books are kind of awkward. You know, they don't quite fit in to the Old Testament. In the Hebrew version, the Tanakh, in fact, they're given their own kind of quarantine station, five private little books kept together. But wonderfully today, still celebrated at each of the primary Jewish feasts. Now, of course, I really wanted to share with you all the detail of that, but I haven't got time today. I'm going to encourage you to look up each of those feasts, if you haven't done so already, and just see the wonderful way in which the Lord has provided blessing to His people, both the Jews and Gentiles, in this provision of those beautiful books, awkward books, but awesome books, at each of the major Jewish feasts today. Now, awkward and awesome. Here today, we're gathered together to look at a new garment that I've called the garment of grace, because grace is both awkward and awesome. And we're sat here today between a series on the festal garments and a series on everyday evangelism. And let's face it, for most of us, sharing our faith with other people is both a little awkward and wonderfully awesome. And so, as we look at this passage today, I'm going to share with us uh, a big idea, which is this. Wearing and sharing God's garment of grace is both awkward and awesome. So, let's get to it. I've got three points for us today, and the first one is this. Why is grace awkward? Have you ever thought about that before? That the idea of grace is an awkward idea? You remember the author and theologian, C.S. Lewis, when challenged to identify the unique characteristics of Christianity compared to all the other world religions, he said, well, that's easy. It's grace because Christianity, grace, is all about what God has done and not about what you and I think, say, or do. That's its unique feature and it's really awkward. I'll tell you why it's awkward. Firstly, because it means that we're elected by God and not self-selected. Grace is awkward because it is a gift from God, and it is God's choice, and it is the singular religion and worldview that takes that posture. Grace is always about what God has done. God chooses. So you and I don't get to put our hands up we don't get to say, pick me for the footy team. We don't get to choose somebody ourselves. We don't get to elect a president or a prime minister or a party. God chooses. God chooses some and refuses others. And that's awkward, isn't it? That God might choose some and not others. That's the first reason it's awkward. Elected and not self-selected. The second reason is that it is unmerited and we can't earn it. In other words, we're adopted and not entitled. Now, do you remember that time when Jesus was sat there and the little kids wanted to come out, hang out with him? And the disciples, what did they do? Kind of got in the way, didn't they? And Jesus said, no, let the little children come to me for it is to such as these that the keys to the kingdom belong. Now, what does that say to us? Well, it says to us that we've got to come to God like little children. And what are little children really good at? Receiving gifts. It's not like little kids come back to you and say, oh, that's lovely, thanks, Mum. thanks, Dad, how much do I owe you? They just grasp it with both hands, don't they, when they get a gift. And that's what God wants from us. You know, sometimes I think we are... Well, we think we deserve things. We feel like we're naturally entitled, don't we? And sometimes we even look at God and go, God, you should think this and say that. You should do this and save them. And God says, now hang on a minute. I choose, and I choose you for adoption to be my little child. I do the choosing so that I will take you out of the broken family of humanity and I will bring you into my family forever. That's an awkward idea because again, it means that we can't contribute anything, that grace is simply a gift. Now, thirdly, I want us to notice that grace is awkward because it's not about earning, but it's about being redeemed. It's awkward because it exposes our sin and our need to be rescued from our sin. I think that most of us have a fairly optimistic view about humanity. I know that some, they say, are pessimistic, but for the most part I think we look to the good, don't we? We seek to see the good and have hope for the future, but that's a very contrary posture to what God says about us. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes on behalf of the Lord to say in Romans chapter 3 verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God that's an awkward thing to recognize. But God knows it. God sees it. God knows that even the very best of a human action ultimately is self-centered, because that's what sin is. Sin has at its center I or me, because really, it's all about me. And we need to be saved from that posture. We need to be saved from that inclination. We need to be rescued and redeemed. Now, this isn't just the case for you and I today. It's always been that way. In fact, the reading, although we did not have, but I'm going to show you now, uh, a passage from the, uh, the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, uh, tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 8, concerning the people of God, that God did not set His affection on His people and choose them because they were many, or because they were few, but because he loved them, and he made a promise to save them, and that he is faithful, and he keeps his promise uh, his promise of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments you see it 's always about god it 's always god 's initiative, and so in summary we 're not elected uh, we are elected, but we 're not self selected we are adopted, but we 're not entitled. And we are indeed uh, redeemed and not able to earn our way. And that's the nature of the garment of grace. It is awkward. It's an awkward thing for us to accept. And it's an awkward message for our world. So where do we go from here? Well, I also want us to see from the scriptures that the garment of grace is awesome. That's my second point. Awesome. Grace is awesome. How do you use the word grace day to day? You might attribute grace to the elegance of a dancer or or an athlete. You might say to yourself that someone is graceful if they have courteous manners. You may say that somebody is gracious if they have borne with their naughty children again and again and again, and yet still continue to love and bless them. Or you may say that grace is evident when somebody has been forgiven for something that they have done that is significant and wrong. And you and I, when we first receive this garment of grace, or perhaps when we will in the future try it on, it's going to feel like an awkward garment, because it doesn't feel right to put such a beautiful thing on such a broken person. But the point is, as I said, we did not deserve it, we did not receive it in any way other than a gift, because that's the nature of God. God is love, and He loves to give good gifts even to unlovely people and the way in which God has shown the extent of his love for his people if at our core we have sin then the wonderful contrast is the person of his son Jesus Messiah you see God in the person of his son Jesus came into the world to be not all about self but to be all about others if sin puts I at the middle then the son puts others in the middle In fact, he came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He was the one who came into this world and lived a life in perfect obedience to his Father in accordance with the wonderful Word of God, and then laid down his life for us, taking the punishment of death and separation from his Father in heaven, which we deserved in our place. That's grace. Sometimes you might have heard it as God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. And it's awesome. And it's so awesome that Paul, when he starts to write to the church in Ephesus and to us at Figtree today, he just can't contain himself. He starts by, and let's have a look at what his words are, saying, I, Paul, an apostle or a messenger of Christ Jesus with the authority by the will of God, he writes to God's holy people in Ephesus and today, us here, the faithful in Jesus Christ. And he offers a blessing. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And in these sentences that we have in verses 3 to 14, we have him unpacking the nature of both grace and peace. And first things first, Paul wants those of us who read this message to accept that Jesus is the Christ, that is, that Jesus is Lord. And I want to say to you today, if you've not recognized or received Jesus as the Lord of your life, indeed the Lord of all lives, then today's the day on which to speak to God about that, to recognize that Jesus' sacrifice was for you, to surrender yourself to Him And to put your faith in him for all your days, to try on this garment of grace for size, and to see how it will wonderfully transform your life, both for this life and the life to come. May I encourage you to respond to Jesus' offer of friendship and forgiveness with God? Secondly, I want to say that Paul here is writing in prison. He's writing this letter from a position of being in a form of slavery. But what he wants to do is to allow people like you and me to know the freedom from slavery that comes with sin to recognize that Jesus not only offers us salvation on a cross and being raised to new life, but also offers spiritual refreshment and hope such that our loneliness is met by God's presence in His Word and Spirit, such that our physical frailties might be met with the hope of the resurrection to come, and such that we might be able to do as we're doing today, to gather together to praise God and to pray and to rejoice in the gift of fellowship. And then here, my third and final point, we see in its fullness the awkward and the awesome grace of God. Dear Paul, he can't help himself. He's so in love with Jesus. He's so effusive that he just writes this massive sentence declaring the wonderful, awesome nature of God's grace. It doesn't always come across to us in our Bibles because we like punctuation, don't we? And so we want short, bite-sized sentences. But in the manner of John Stott, who describes Paul, his words kind of tumble out of his mouth. It's like a snowball rolling down the hill and gathering size and momentum. It's rather like the uh, overtures that you have in, in, um, in a, an opera, this kind of wonderful escalation of sounds and music. It's rather like, you know, when you see an eagle, there's eagles here, I've noticed in the Illawarra, and they capture the wind and they kind of dive and duck on the breeze, That's the sort of flavor of this sentence from verse 3 to 14. And he starts, Paul, by saying, blessed be God. Praise for our gracious God. In accordance, verse 6, to the good pleasure of his will and the praise of his glorious grace, he's given us the one he loves. That's his son, Jesus. And then says three profound things, promises for you and I to bank for life. Firstly, he says in verse 4, have a look with me. He chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. He chose us. This means that when God looks at you, he doesn't see your frailties and your failures. He sees one whom he loves and who is covered by His gracious Son, Jesus. Forgiven and welcomed, so that you might come to Him every day and know that when you confess your sins, they are forgiven. Secondly, Paul says, not only are we chosen, we've also been adopted as sons and daughters of our Father in heaven through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His grace. And this means that when God looks at you, he sees his precious child. I mean, you know what it's like when you see parents or grandparents or relatives doting on the little ones in the family. They have such affection, don't we? That is what the Lord has for us, having done everything possible to bring us into his family by by coming into the world in the person of his son to rescue us into his family forever. And that rescue is a redemption and not something that we have earned. These words in verse 7 describe for us how we have redemption through the blood of his son, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of his grace. That means that the perfect record that Jesus had was swapped with our imperfect record at the cross so that we might be made friends forever with God forgiven, and received, and redeemed, for the grace of God is awesome indeed. That's good news, isn't it, brothers and sisters? The garment of grace. It's awkward, and it's awesome, and we wear it. Now, I'd like us to think about a few things to take away with us this week, about not only wearing a garment of grace, but also sharing a garment of grace. For if it is awkward and awesome to wear the garment of God's grace, how much more awkward and awesome is it to share it? Three things that I want to encourage us to think about doing. Firstly, it's wonderful to read God, God's promises, as we heard from Joe earlier, in the privacy of our own time and devotional. But how much more wonderful is it to gather together like we are today, to sit under God's Word? A- and I want to encourage you Uh, if you're not already in a life group, to take up Joe's offer to speak to her and get into a group because the engine room of our church is really in these life groups because not only is that the space where we can read God's Word together, but we can wrestle with it and we can pray for one another and we can do life together and we can journey with each other in a way that sees His Word lived out by way of the richness of blessing in community. Can I encourage you to do that? Secondly, when it comes to sharing the garment of grace, it does feel awkward. I've been following the Lord Jesus for 20 years. Sometimes it's an easy conversation and sometimes you feel like you're tripping over your feet. The good thing is, that we've got tools to help us. And one of those is our Everyday Evangelism course, written by our very own Steve Abbott. We're going to be trained by our very own Steve Abbott. And on Tuesday evenings, we can get together and work out ways to share our faith in a natural, everyday way for evangelism. But also, from the platform on Sundays, we're going to be sharing reflections on God's Word to help us on that journey. And may I encourage you to give that a shot. Because you know what? for the awesome garment of grace to then clothe somebody you love, I mean, that's worth a little bit of discomfort, isn't it? Amen? Yeah. Thirdly and finally, we prayed for the I Forgive week. Now, this is another way, I think, to share God's awkward and awesome garment of grace. This week, our Archbishop, you may be aware, preached from God's Word at the King's Chapel over in North Parramatta. The reason for his being there is because it's part of a campaign to share the grace of God with others so that others might know the awesome forgiveness on offer through Jesus Messiah. Uh, For two years, we have been in school community with the Abdullah family. Uh, You may or may not have heard their story. And I share this with you sensitively, knowing that for some of us, uh, this is going to have a personal poignant barb. But they had a very tragic event take place two years ago to the month where they sent their precious children on a little walk down the road and four of the kids in the family did not return because a drunken driver lost control of his vehicle and ploughed into those kids. And four well, three of their own children and one relative were all very sadly killed. Now, firstly... Danny and Layla love the Lord Jesus and know his love for them. But secondly, what they have done is something that I still find profound to this day. I don't believe that the driver has sought their forgiveness. But by the grace of God, in the awesome power of his garment of grace, they have extended forgiveness to this driver. And they're encouraging us as the church, as Christ people, to find ways to follow By sharing forgiveness with others who have wronged us or seeking forgiveness from those who may have wronged us. Did I get that the wrong way around? You know what I mean. To offer forgiveness and to seek forgiveness. Now, I'm going to encourage us in the words of Ephesians 4.32 that the Abdullah's leverage, being kind and compassionate to one another, forgive each other just as Christ forgave you that's awkward, isn't it? But it's also awesome. So I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, that you would please reach out to each of our hearts as we gather together today to impress upon us those whom we need to forgive or those from whom we need to seek forgiveness. That for each of us, you would convict us to take action and response and share your grace in this way, that others might know your awesome grace. Who is it that the Lord has brought to mind for you? Will you share the garment of grace that He has clothed you with? In conclusion, it is awesome because people will see God's grace given to them in their election. It is awesome because people will see God's grace given to them by way of adoption. And it is awesome because people will know the garment of grace that has been given to them in their redemption. Wearing and sharing God's garment of grace is awkward, but it is also awesome. Let me lead us in prayer. Father God, we want to thank you for the wonderful garment of grace that you've given us. Only because you have chosen us only because you have adopted us, only because through the finished work of your son Jesus on the cross, you have redeemed us. And we thank you that he is alive and well today and ruling in power and promises to return and that you've given this assurance to us through your word and the spirit indwelling us. How we pray that you would enable us as your people to wear this garment of grace with thanksgiving and praise and to share this garment of praise with others, a garment of grace with others for the praise of your glory, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.